The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said... Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your name. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Thursday morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, and you'd like to join in on the video portion of the show, that's right, you can see the faces made for radio, Go to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, scroll down on the right side of the page, and we are going live, second video down. And yes, the numbers are, (laughs) as always, being manipulated because what I see in the chat is a whole lot different than what they display to people. In any case, click onto that, and you can enlarge it, and then click on the icon of the social media platform there. Join us in the chat. we got a lot of friends in there this morning. Good morning to all you guys. 
Great to see you, and thank you as always for your support. You had to put up with me twice yesterday <laughs> and a little overtime in the afternoon, and so I appreciate your support very much. And then right above that is normally Bradley's show, but this was yesterday. We were covering uh, the executive order out of Tennessee as well as the group Interest in their Nazi ties all the way back to the Quant family and uh, their you see that part of the image was uh, Goebbels and the the in marriage there with uh, Hitler as the best man. Boy, you, you, <laughs> those two words don't go together, do they? Anyway, if you missed that show, you can uh, click on to that and play it. It's a little over an hour, I think about an hour and 20 minutes. And Bradley will be there live today, 3 p.m., 2 p.m. Central. And uh, that's sonsoflibertymedia.com. Right above that is where you can subscribe to our newsletter. We don't rent your email, sell it, or spam it. You get one email from us a day. And that includes uh, the morning show archive. And so if you're interested in anything that we talk about or look at today, that will be in that archive. So be sure to sign up for that. You get that in the evening. And then finally, if you agree with our message, we never ask you for money. We tell you we have needs because it costs money to do all the things that we do with radio and Internet and being out there in the 50 states among the people and teaching constitutional and Christian, uh, Christian heritage. Then if you're so inclined to do and you're able to do so, Consider donating to the Sons of Liberty. You can click on the button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. And also, we have our monthly partners. You can become a son or daughter of liberty and help us out and partner with us in doing what we're doing uh, in the United States and around the world, actually. And then finally, we have our store available. And this week, we're highlighting For the Children book. This is by Stephanie Joy, uh, who is Bradley's wife. Many of you know her. You've met her at some of the events that we've done around the country. And if you want your eyes open to what abortion really is, you want to pick up this pocket-sized little book. And literally, when I say pocket size, it'll fit in your back pocket. Normally, they're $10. They're, they're pretty thick little books, and they're filled with imagery and history as to what abortion is. It's outright murder of the unborn, the most innocent among us, the ones that are supposed to be protected. Instead, they're the ones who are being beheaded, dismembered, slaughtered in the womb, and with the sanction of the very government that tells you they care about your health so much that they want you to take a deadly poison into your body, when you get one of these books this week through Midnight Saturday, you'll get one for free. All right. So for every one you buy, you'll get one free. If you want to pick those up, give them to your local sheriff, give them to uh, your local representatives, your state representatives, or whoever, uh, people who are even for abortion. If their ears won't hear what's going on, what do you got to do? You got to tell it to the eyes. And boy, this will tell it to the eyes, uh, sure enough. So be sure to check that out. Now, before I bring our guest on, I wanted to kind of go off of some things that I just brought up to you yesterday, yesterday morning. And that was these people who are just, they're dying. And when you, it, it, you know, normally when somebody would die, you would they would say, oh, well, they had this or they had that or they were fighting this or you know, they were in an accident or whatever the case may be. And over and over again, what we're seeing is the stories are coming out telling us of people of all ages, and a lot of them are young and they're celebrities. That's the thing that's kind of weird. That's a small group of people, and we're having more every day I get up and I pull up the news feed, and there they are. Here, here's a couple. Olympic cyclist Olivia Podmore, who rode for New Zealand at 2016 Games, is dead at 24. Give me another one. Now, this guy's older. Alex Cord dies. Airwolf regular and prolific character actor was 88. Okay. Um, he died. 
TikTok star John Kelly dead at 45. Slipknot drummer Joey Jordanson dead at 46. These people are not old at all. And yet, when you go down through here, it basically says they died peacefully. They died of natural causes or it's undisclosed. And, you know, it's my understanding this is this is how they're covering up these shots. I'll bet every one of these people had these shots. And I'm going to ask my guest about that in just a minute. But I just want to bring that to your attention. These are all out this morning that I saw in the newsfeed. How often do you see this? And I'm seeing it every day at least one or two people who are quote-unquote celebrities, and again, that's a small number of people there, who are dying. And they're not giving any reason for their death. So it makes me suspicious every time I see anybody. They can be 90 years old, and I'm still going to be suspicious as to whether or not they got the shot. I'm not saying that they died from it, but I'm saying, boy, it sure makes me suspicious with everything that we've heard from the doctors and nurses on that we've had on the show and from everything else that we've, we've dealt with. Now, with that said, we got a special guest this morning coming live to us from the UK, and uh, Gareth Ike is an activist and a presenter of Right Now, an uncensored current affairs show on the Iconic Network. He is a musician, a former international beach soccer player, representing England all over the world before injury forced him to focus his fighting spirit elsewhere. You probably know him by his famous dad, David, and it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, Gareth Ike. Good morning, man. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on, and uh, let me ask you something. You know, I'm just reading off a couple of these people. Do you guys see stuff like this in the UK, and does it make you wonder whether or not these guys got the Depop shot, so to speak, because... Um, you know, I'm see- this is a regular thing, like I was saying. Do you see this, and do you see when they go to report it, they really don't have a reason for why these people are dying? Yeah, I was just actually just checking the name <clears throat> then of a lady. So the, the most high-profile one here in the UK was a television presenter called Lisa Shaw. She worked for the BBC. Um, now, she was, I think, about 37, 38, so obviously no age at all. And and she died suddenly. Um and so the BBC reported it as died after a short illness. And then there was a bit of a uh, fuss was caused by people that also work at the BBC because it was nothing to do with that. It was the AstraZeneca vaccine that killed her. Um, and then they actually had to admit that. And so then they reissued the article saying that she'd been killed. But then obviously the language is very rare, you know, all that kind of stuff still get vaccinated. Um, but they actually had to admit that, that it was the, the vaccine that had killed her. Um, and then what was very strange is they had a an interview with her husband. Now, I'm a married man. I've, I've got a daughter and a, and a child due in a, well, any day, basically. And so I think, you know, if my wife took a vaccine and died, how would I react, you know, if I was questioned? Now, he was interviewed and he said, um, obviously, the vaccine rollout has been a fantastic success. But and then went on to say, you know, how his wife had died. And it didn't feel normal to me that you're you've lost your wife. Um, and so you're left with two children, two young children, that your opening line <clears throat> when the vaccine killed her would be the vaccine rollout has been a fantastic success. It seems like a strange thing to come up with. Yeah. And so when you see vaccine deaths here in the UK and they have to report them because, you know, they've got no choice, basically, um, that line is always in there. It's always in there where they say how the vaccine rollout is great. And, you know, the, the, the man's wife said that she would, she would still 
want you to get it. And it's like, well, I'm, no, you wouldn't. If you took something that killed your husband, you wouldn't want other people to take it. That doesn't make any sense. That's right. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're seeing a lot of that. Um, you know, it's interesting, the cyclist you mentioned at the start there, the 24-year-old cyclist in New Zealand. I'll have a look at that one because I hadn't seen that. Um, but I saw yesterday Chris Cairns, who's also um, from New Zealand. He's a very famous cricketer. Uh, my brother's a big fan of cricket, so I heard of him just through my brother. Um, he's on life support at the minute um, because of a heart condition that's just hit him from nowhere. Now, he's 51 years old, so one would imagine that he'd probably he's probably had it as well. So be interested to see what comes out with that. Yeah, you know, we, we've had uh, Dr. Andreas Calker on, and it's amazing to me. I, we did a story, or we, we made mention yesterday of the lady, I think she, I forget where she was, uh, Malaysia or something like that, and she was a singer and had a couple of kids. She had just delivered a child, and she died of the alleged convids. I call them the convids in 1984. But she she died of that, and I'm sitting there going, we had Andreas Calker on, and he has put out a scientific study They've done it on the simple thing of chlorine dioxide. I mean, you can buy it for next to nothing. You treat a family for months uh, with it preventatively, and no side effects, no adverse effects. You don't need a prescription for it. It's a natural compound. And I'm thinking with all of that, the simplicity of that, it's a shame that people are dying of any of these kinds of diseases, not just the the convids or whatever they allege is the convids, uh, but any of this because... He's treated people with cancer, with staph infections, all these kinds of things, and yet these people are dying. And the problem is, I really think, is not just whatever they're putting out as the convids, but it's the, it's the shot. And you're right. When you go to the CDC website and you read their VARES report, it's the first thing in the line. They say, you know, they're fixing to give you all the bad numbers of how many people's died, how many people's been injured. And they say the first thing or they say the what you need to know. And the first thing in there is it's safe and effective. And you go, yeah. how in the world can you claim that after you're fixing to tell people that, you know, tens of thousands of people are dead and hundreds of thousands are injured? I mean, how do you say that with a straight face? And I know the same thing is true over there with the U.K., Oh, exactly. I mean, I'd love to see what the figures would be if it wasn't safe and effective, eh? Um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I think for me now looking at it, and I've got personal experience of it um, with, with people that I know um, who are, are very pro-vax and have kind of been, you know, have bought into it and are ill now um, and, you know, are coming around to our way of thinking a little bit more. And it's like, it would have been great if you'd have come around six months ago, but there you go. Amen. Um, inclu- including someone that two weeks ago just dropped dead perfectly healthy guy just just dropped dead and while walking just was dead before he hit the ground so um you know the what i think will happen is as much as the media can say safe and effective it's great it's it's these are rare you know all these things that they keep saying people's life experience will get in the way of that um because what is happening particularly in people that i speak to here in england is when it comes to covid do you know anyone that's died? No, I don't. Do you know anyone that knows anyone? No. Is anyone in your family died? No. Well, that's a bit odd, isn't it? After 18 months, you know, and so you have that conversation. And so people are, they're frightened, but they're only frightened because of what the telly told, the TV told them. They're not frightened because of their own life experience. Um, but then on the other hand, when it comes to the vaccine, it's like, well, well, what do you know about the vaccine? Well, yeah, my auntie got really ill actually. Yeah. My uncle was hospitalized, blah, blah, blah. but the TV is telling you that it's safe and effective. And so the life experience, I think, will be their undoing because people are now looking around saying, well, hang on, like I know people that are ill. I know people that have died after they've got it. And 
And so people are starting to resist here. Um, the, the vaccine rollout in the UK has stalled massively. When they first came out with it, everyone was queuing up getting it. And since then, I've got a, a vaccine centre not far from where I live and it's empty. And it's been empty for a while. Um, and so here in England, they're pushing and pushing it on young people. Um, I know in America, there was it burger and fries, if you want it. Here in England, it's ice cream. You can get free ice cream <laughs> if you want to get it. You know, And it's funny because I think you know it's been offered to every adult for a long time now. So they've offered it to everyone. So those people that have said no, honestly, uh, a strawberry sundae is not going to change their mind. It's just so strange and desperate. So now what they've done is they're talking about these COVID passes where um, you can't go to nightclubs and you can't go to football grounds yep. and you can't do anything like that, which is funny because it's supposed to protect the elderly and yet you won't need a vaccine passport to go to a bingo hall. That's right. Or, or somewhere like that that's full of old people, you know. Um, well, yeah, and it, here's the thing, Gareth. That's you. You say ice cream uh, over here, boy. They have done some weird stuff. I think up in New York, they were giving people a hundred dollars, and what the people don't realize is it's their money anyway. They're taking their money and they're giving it back to them illegally because under you know the Constitution, and I'm pretty sure under the New York Constitution, they're not allowed to take the people's money and bribe them to get a depop shot. We, we've seen um, one of the uh, strip clubs out here in, I think it was in Vegas, they were given like a $5,000 package for people to come in there and get a shot. We've had over here across the line from me in North Carolina in Charlotte, they wanted to give a shot for a shot. They were going, they were trying to go into bars, like you said, to, to get address some of the younger people, and they're saying, we'll give you a free drink if you'll take this shot. And it's like... Really? I mean, to me, it's highly illegal because it's like they're coercing, they're they're bribing people into taking something which smacks of going against the Nuremberg Code itself. It's it's unconstitutional. Absolutely. And so, you know, here at the Sons of Liberty, we've pointed back to Scripture. Uh, one, God says, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Moses gave those words, you know, 1,500 years before Christ. And then he also went on to say, you don't mix things. You don't mix the seeds. You don't mix uh, the fabrics, all this kind of stuff. And I would, I would agree that it's, it's the same thing of don't mix the bloods either. And that's where they're really trying to, to, to uh, kill people. We've seen some of the demonstration of that in other countries. I think China, where they're trying to manipulate the, the genes to make, quote-unquote, super soldiers, if you will, straight out of X-Files kind of stuff. But your, your father has talked a lot about that in, in the past, and he's been ridiculed about it, and yet people are seeing some of those things that he talked about there coming to pass. How does this impact you guys when you're uh, producing your, your videos, when you're engaging your activism out on the street, to, to say, hey guys, we've been telling you this stuff for, for years now, and now it's coming to pass? It's, it's strange because it's split. So what I've seen over the last you know 18 months is so many people that were fast asleep it's all it's all this conspiracy theory nonsense are now like wow man this is and they are like they're digging their own rabbit holes you know um but then on the other end there's people that were very awake politically you know they would be massively against the wars in the middle east for instance and they would say you know these wars for oil and these um you know the manipulation of you know weapons of mass destruction and all this you know they were they were on the money um, you know, they would be at Occupy Wall Street, the, the banking system, they were completely switched on. Yet when it came to COVID, we're all going to die. And, and just went completely 
to sleep. So it's really strange how it's completely split society in two. Um, and here in the UK, it's the same. It's exactly the same as America. America was split in two by Trump. You were either with Trump or you were against Trump. There's, from my experience of speaking to people, there's very few people that are like, Trump's all right. You know, it's either you are pro or you're not. Um, so that divided America. And then in, in the UK, you had Brexit. And very few people you speak to are like, I don't know, I, I didn't vote. You're either massively pro-EU or you're massively pro-leaving the EU. And so that split. And it feels like you then threw in all the Black Lives Matter stuff where you again split society again. Um, and then you throw in, you know, the those political correctness that's been going on for years in terms of, you know, men and women, um, different sexualities and, and, and stuff like that. And it's, it feels very much like there's been a concerted effort over the last 10 years, probably, to completely divide everyone into pockets so that when they rolled this out, there wasn't any coming together. Do you know what I mean? Of, of all different yeah. people. And, 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 and that's changing ever so slightly now. I was going to say. Protests, yeah. I mean, we, we spoke off air before we started. We were saying in the UK, they tried to paint the protests. When they first started uh, last summer as you know, far-right, conspiracy theorists, tinfoil hat, anti-vaxxers, you know. And that was easy for them to do that when you had a 1,000 people or 2,000 people because someone at home could go 2,000 anti-vaxxers. Okay, yeah, that's believable. 2,000 far-right, yeah, there's probably 2,000 far-right people in the UK, yeah, you know, whatever. And they could go with that. And then what happened was, I think it was the Daily Mail put a photo of these this rally in Trafalgar Square in London. It was about 40,000 people. And when you looked at it, you know, it's like there's a couple of hijabs there. There's an LGBTQ (laughs) flag at the back. Like, and people were like, hang on, this isn't a far right rally. What do you mean? Like there's 40,000 people. Oh my God, there's all different colors, shapes, sizes, creeds, the lot. Um, And so that's kind of, that's torn at that divide a little bit. And I can, I can feel it here in the UK. There's a lot more resistance now. Um, Amen. Yeah. Which is fantastic. And uh, another thing, which I, I just wanted to, say briefly because i saw a news article which was pointing towards this being the same in the usa a lot of people when you talk about what's going on they say well what about the first wave because they'll they'll buy the second wave because by the second wave there was mass testing here in the uk they were testing everyone um and they still are at the moment they they do i think it's 1.2 million tests a day in the uk which is more than the whole of europe combined so people will buy the second wave because it's just redesignated deaths. You know, you can have a COVID test, you're positive within 28 days, you can get hit by a bus. Your class is a COVID death. It's madness, but it's how it is. So people were looking at that and saying, okay, yeah, I can see how you can get COVID death numbers up because you're testing. But what about the first wave? They weren't testing during the first wave. Um, but no, they weren't. They were, they were saying it. So a doctor would say it looks like COVID. They were just doing it off of site. And, and then what came out was there was a drug or is a drug called midazolam, which is yeah. um, a, a drug that it was actually used on death row and they stopped using it on death row because it was considered inhumane. So that's how good this drug is. <laughs> um, but what it does is, is it slows down and suppresses your respiratory system, right? So what they were doing in the care homes is if someone had a respiratory problem that's automatically COVID because everything's COVID now, they would put them on midazolam. So you've got someone who's struggling to breathe. So you put them on a drug that suppresses the respiratory system, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. I'm not a doctor, but I've got some questions. Um, So in March, 2020, it then came out 
the the back in March 2020, Matt Hancock, and it's on film, is asked by another MP, another member of parliament called Luke Evans, who's actually a doctor, a medical doctor. Have you got enough syringe drivers and drugs such as midazolam to cope with what's about to happen? So Matt Hancock answers yes. They'd gone and procured a two-year supply of midazolam from France, right, in March 2020. And that two-year supply of midazolam was used in nine months on care home um, residents. And it killed them, tens and tens of thousands of them. Um, So that was your first wave. Um, What they did is they put do not resuscitate orders on anyone over 60 and lots of people under 60 if they had underlying health conditions. And what people think a do not resuscitate order is, is that if someone collapses and they're struggling and they're dying, that you just don't perform CPR, basically. That's actually not what a do not resuscitate order means. What what a do not resuscitate order means in many cases is no food or water or medication. So you've got people that are ill, as lots of old people are, and you take away all their medication, you take away their water, you take away their food, and then you put them on a concoction of midazolam and morphine, yep. right? And they die, obviously. And um, and then you put it down as COVID. And that's what they did. And so we had a, a whistleblower, a guy called Wayne Smith, who came on to right now and spoke to us about it. His dad was murdered with midazolam. And he had all the um, all the medical data, all the sheets, all, all, his, um, all his father's medical records. He had the lot. And he was like, this is, you know, this, this is all the evidence. And then we didn't hear from him for a few days. And so a friend of mine was like, have you heard from Wayne? And he normally emailed on the daily with lots of updates, information. He was sending letters and he was talking to MPs all the time saying, you know, this is the information I've got on you guys, basically. Um, and then we couldn't get hold of him. So we end up phoning the police and it transpires that he was found dead in his house. And they said he died of COVID. And they said he died of COVID. And so... A friend of mine, Jackie, said to the police officer, I thought you said he was found dead in his house. And they were like, yeah, 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 but it looked like COVID. Now, if you could tell me how it looks like COVID. like <laughs> I'd like to know that. How? I mean, you know, if someone's slashed their wrists or hanged themselves or been stabbed in the neck, there's evidence. See, there's blood everywhere. There's a sure. slash there. There's a weapon on the floor. You could, Yeah, I, I think he's been stabbed. But when it comes to a respiratory disease, how? how what does that look like? You know, and so she asked that question. They had no answer because it's a lie. Well, Gareth, can um, I ask? Can I ask you something about that? Uh, you know, we have we have Kate on every Saturday, and she's talked about a lot of this stuff that she's been talking about it for months, uh, going back to Nazi Germany using the midazolam and the uh, the morphine and stuff to deal with the people. It was you knew this guy um, Smith. So would he have been a guy who would have even taken a test? Because they said he tested positive, and that's what they're getting a lot of people on these these faulty PCR tests. Would he have even taken the test? Much less, uh, in your opinion, you know, been one of these guys, quote unquote, that comes down with COVID. Well, this th- th- that's a very good question. It was one that we asked. So the point was then made to them. Well, he wouldn't have taken a test. We know him. Um, he wouldn't have done that. He doesn't believe the narrative and he's a perfectly healthy guy. If he'd have felt sick, he would have just stayed at home and he certainly wouldn't have ignored messages and emails from everyone, but he, he, you know, he would have just stayed home and he would have been fine. So then they changed their mind and they then said, Oh no, 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 no. He didn't go out and get a test, which is what they had originally said. Um, he was tested after he, we found it. So, 
so there's a couple of things. One, you're lying. Why are you lying? Just tell us what happened. So I'm, again, I'm already suspicious the fact that you're telling lies, but also the fact that if you're testing him, how long does a virus live? Because without a host, I mean, because he was he was found dead after days of being dead. He was found in his house. So you've tested him, but but surely, how long does that virus live without a host? I mean, I don't know if a medical person could tell me the answer to that. Well, um, I, well, I know, you know one of the issues that we have is they've never isolated the virus. They've never purified it. It's never been through Cox postulates, any of that stuff. And we're just led to believe they pulled this lump of uh, tissue out of a lung and uh, and then stuck it out there. And apparently they did some computer modeling and stuff, but they didn't go through the process of isolation. And we've even had it. The, the, they, the CDC has said themselves they don't have isolates. They no. they have not isolated the virus. We've had the Chinese CDC head say we didn't isolate the virus. We've seen it over in the UK. I think Dr. Kevin Corbett put to uh, to the guy who can't brush his hair over there, Boris Johnson, and <laughs> um, and and you know Parliament to say, hey, the NHS, give us information that shows us you've done this, that that there that you've proven there is this thing because. Uh, you know, when we talked with Dr. Andreas Kalker and we were bringing up the issue of chlorine dioxide, one of the things he said was, this is not a virus like that. This is a blood problem. He doesn't even call it a re- uh, respiratory issue. He calls it a blood issue of at least what he's dealing with that's referred to as as COVID. And um, so, you know, I think that's a big problem right there is, are we even being told the truth about whether or not this is what's the problem? Because... I'm thinking the whole reason that Kate got in trouble was she brought out the 5G aspect, and that's been largely lost in the conversation, and people are chasing after an alleged boogeyman, you know, an invisible boogeyman, when all around us is being set up this 5G network, which you're probably familiar with Mark Steele. He said, this is a weapon system. This is not telecommunications. This is a weapon system that's being set up all around us. Yeah, I think the 5G is massively important. Um, and then obviously you can look in, you know, to the graphene oxide and what's in these jabs and how that all ties into the thing. Um, you know, if you're quite a suspicious person anyway, which I am, and I think it's probably right to be, is you ask questions about everything, you know, and what I hear a lot from that is in response to that, sorry, is, well, not everything's a conspiracy. It's like, no, it's not. But how do you know if it is, if you don't ask questions, the whole point is to ask everything. And then if it stands up to scrutiny, okay, fair enough. Or there's more to know here. Um, and in the UK, as soon as they locked the country down on the 23rd of March, 2020, the only people really that were key workers, apart from your NHS people and your supermarkets, were um, 5G people. And so they just were being put up everywhere, everywhere, all over the country. Um, they were turned on um, pretty much immediately, certainly in all the major cities. And and now most of the UK um, has got, you know, 5G infrastructure um, and and that's that seems odd to me. If there's a deadly virus around, and you know everyone needs to stay at home, or you know we're all going to die, um, putting up a five G mask to make your f- movie download ever so slightly quicker than it would on a four G doesn't class as an you know a key worker for me personally. Um, and yet they were everywhere. Yeah, um, here's here's a question I have now. Are are they looking at giving uh, putting into effect another lockdown on you guys over there in the UK? Uh, because one of the one of the things I want to show the audience, I want, I want maybe get your comments on it too. 
I've heard Australia is where they send all the bad British people. That, that, that was they were the, the prisoners where they sent down there. That's really a lot of people joke that that's uh, how Australia got really started was uh, sending all of the uh, the prisoners from from Britain down. And I know there's some history of that, but there was uh, something that came out. I believe it was yesterday, an Australian health officer, and it's it's beyond bizarre. Okay. It's just beyond bizarre. I want you to, to listen to this, and it runs about a minute or so. And tell me whether or not you're hearing stuff like this out of uh, uh, England over there. Well, let me see if I can get it going here again. We all need to work together. We need to limit our movements. We need to consider whenever we leave our house that anyone with us, anyone we come into contact with, could convey the virus. So whilst it is in human nature to engage in conversation with others, to be friendly, um, unfortunately, this is not the time to do that. So even if you run into your next-door neighbour in the shopping centre, in the Coles, while you're at Coles or Woolworths or Aldi or any other um, grocery shop, don't start up a conversation. Now is the time for minimising your interactions with others. Even if you've got a mask, do not think that affords total protection. We want to be absolutely sure that as we go about our daily lives, we do not come into contact with anyone else that would pose a risk. They're really showing now, themselves to do really well. Come on. <laughs> now, here, here's the thing, Gareth. That, are you having people talk like this? I mean, I'm sure this lady is probably engaging all kinds of people as soon as she gets off the mic, like a good little Nazi that she is, and wanting to, you know, attack anybody who's doing what she says not to do, while she, she says, do as I say, not as I do. And I'm sure all – and she's not got a mask on anyway, not that they work, but the people around her do. And I'm just sitting here going, she's telling people, don't even be friendly with people. Don't talk with people. I mean, what in the world? Are you guys having stuff like that over in, uh, in Britain there? Um, not so much now, but we did um, before. There was lots of that. Um, when we opened up over the summer, that's when the resistance grew um, because people go to a bar and they chat and you have a conversation. And, and, and those conversations were, you know, all of a sudden you weren't sat in your house watching the news. You were having a conversation. You go, Do you know anyone? You don't know anyone. I don't know anyone either. It's weird, isn't it? But, and so that's when, you know, the protest movement grew because people started to realize, hang on, this is, we're being lied to here. This is nonsense. And so when they shut everyone back down again, they, they didn't want people talking. They don't want us interacting with each other because if we all interact with each other and we share our own personal st- stories, you know, you start to build a different narrative of, of what's actually going on. Um, and that's what's happening in, in Australia at the minute. Um, I just actually was talking to a, uh, an Australian journalist just before we came on called E. Fisher. And it is insane there. It is insane. Um, but what they're doing is they're going for something called zero a zero COVID policy, um, which is obviously, you know, it's impossible to achieve because you're constantly testing people with a PCR test that doesn't work. That's going to flag up false positives. I mean, I believe they're all false positives, but we'll, we'll be firing up false positives left, right and center. So, you know, if you, if you say you test a million people, then you're going to get tens of thousands of false positives at least. So you're never going to get to zero. 
Um, and, and, and that's, you know, that's, it seems strange to me that you would go for something that you know is blatantly unachievable. Um, but what they've admitted, I think it was either today or yesterday in Australia, is that it's actually nothing to do with the spread of COVID and, and stuff. It's to do with the number of people taking the jab. There's not enough people taking the jab. So now they're saying they're going to lock down until they get to, I think it's 70% or 75% jabbed of, of all adults. Um, and what they're also doing is they're putting things out. Um, I saw an advert where um, they're asking people to snitch on their neighbours. If their neighbours aren't vaccinated or their family members or their friends aren't vaccinated to call this number. And it's, you know, it's, um, it's a number or, or, a, or an email address that you can anonymously drop in your friends and grass up your friends and, and stuff. It's, it's insane over there. But it's all about the vaccine. It's, it's trying to get that into people. They were actually doing some of that here in the States. Now, you know, here in the States, there, there is a difference um, between us and you guys in England and definitely over in Australia. You know, we've had a lot of Australians rise up over the years and say, hey, don't let them take your guns. They're, they're trying to attack um, our right to keep and bear arms here. They've been doing it for years, and we've just sat back and let it happen. Well, some, some people have. I, I don't have any guns, so they can just <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod. But the, but the fact of the matter is Australia seems to be like the pinnacle of tyranny in all of this, and it's largely because the people are largely unarmed. And now I've talked with some guys who, and this was years ago, who were in the English Defense uh, League. And and one of the things that the guy told me, he says, oh, yes, the men here have guns. We just don't bring them out until the very last possible moment. We try to do things a different way because once we bring them out, they're going to come after us. And so we've got to, you know, we've got to uh, use that in the best way we can. We see them setting up to try to do this thing to come door to door here in the States uh, we've uh, had the use of military in delivering the, the the shots and things of this nature. And one of the things we point out here on the show is, you know, the one thing missing, whether it's the UK or Australia or, or here in the United States or anywhere, is a lack of justice. We have left off justice for virtually everything. We've put people in jail, which is not justice, uh, for things that aren't even crimes, and we're taking and letting criminals go. We're we're kind of you know putting them up in some in some cases. Uh, you guys had uh, what was the guy's name? Um, Jerry Seville or whatever uh, the the pedophile. Oh, J- J- yeah, 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 Jimmy Savile. Jimmy Savile. I'm sorry. Thank you. And uh, so you you got him, and instead of there actually being justice brought to him, he's elevated. And and the same thing happens all over the world. And here's what the Bible has to say about this: it says. Ye that put far away the evil day, in other words, you won't deal with the crimes that are going on, the sins, which is transgression of the law, is what John says. You cause the seed of violence to come near you. I mean, the the point is, if you're not going to deal with it, that corruption, those wicked people who are doing what they're doing, they're going to be at your front door. They're going to bring it to your front door because you won't bring it to theirs. And boy, are we seeing that. We're We're seeing that they're wanting to to come and make sure that you've had your shot or whatever the case may be. And they're doing it right in the face of what we've talked about with the Nuremberg Code. No consent, uh, no distinction of whether or not somebody actually has something. And they're they're driving everything, you're right, through this PCR test, which was never designed to diagnose anything in the first place. No, exactly. Without It's the cases that, that keep the whole thing alive. Without the cases, it's done. Um 
it's interesting the door to door stuff because I saw that in America and all I thought was, do you know what? If they try that, you know, in the red states, they're leading they're leading with their chin, big time. Like I would not want to be the person going door to door. Yep. Um, people aren't armed here in the UK. Um, they're not. But at the same time, you know, an Englishman's house is his castle, and and that's the saying. And and so. You know, things can go on out there and whatever. But if you come to an Englishman, no, this is my house. This is this is mine. Um, so if they try that here, you know, there, there, there'll be a lot of pushback. And there already is pushback. Well, you know? yeah, we're seeing that. I mean, I can't believe people are out there every week by the millions now. I mean, it, it, even at Trafalgar Square, and we covered that the first time around, I believe it was September last year. And I couldn't believe it, man. I was like, wow, look at all the people. And that thing has grown in a year to be, you know, what, 30,000, 40,000 people to like, I think they were expecting 2 million the other, like last month or something like that. And just to see the people out there, and you're right, there were people from all different walks of life, and they were gathered there. Now, you know, some people say, oh, well, this is a, this is making this one world and this and it. No, I think what it is is everybody has at least some eyes to see because they're creating the image of God and they can see who's got their sight set on them. And they're like, look, on this issue, we got to band together to at least live. And, uh, and I'm glad to see that they, they can, they can do that, that they can put that away. Now, the question that I have though, Gareth is in your activism there, you see people out on the street, and that's one thing. Many of them have sort of a party mentality. You know, they're celebrating and stuff like that, and they can do that, and that's fine. What do you think happens if the 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 government there decides they go to, they're going to put the boot down? Because I know they they came out with a law or something. Is a pretended law where if you were engaged in these kind of protests that you could be arrested. What do you think happens when the boot comes down? Because I've said all along. When these provocateurs, and if you would, tell people what you think about um, these guys coming in, acting as police, when you think there's something else. What do you think the people are going to do? I've said they should they should beat them right back down, as far as I'm concerned. If they're acting peacefully, these cops come in, there's way more people than there are the cops. And I'm not advocating people go and murder cops or hurt cops or stuff like that. But if they're going to come after you, I say the people need to beat them down good. But you're saying a lot of cops are turning towards the people side because they're just sick and tired of standing out there and being ridiculed when they know, they know it's wrong uh, for what's going on. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, there's been quite a few cases of that um, where where you've seen videos where the police have come piling in and started cracking skulls and they're outnumbered. So the people have turned on them and the police have ran away. Um, There's quite, that's happened quite a few times in the UK now. Um, you see lots of videos generally in France, Italy, Spain, where it's part of their culture where the riot police or whatever will remove their helmet and put it on the floor. And that's the sort of universal language for, okay, I'm with you. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm here as a job, but I'm with you. And um, I've never seen that happen in the UK ever. And I've been, you know, on protest since I was a kid because, you know, I was raised in that way. So I've never once seen it. And on the 19th of July, I saw it <clears throat> here in the UK. There was big protest outside Downing Street. There's all these riot police. And I was following the stream because I had to work. I couldn't make that one. I was looking at the stream and it was kind of a, could see the police moving in. And it was, you know, in my mind, I was like, here we go. You know, they're going to go in and start, you know, laying into people. And they didn't, they laid their, they laid their 
the helmets down and people were all cheering and stuff. And it was kind of like that felt like a bit of a watershed moment. Really. Amen. You know, I mean, in terms of the protest, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, the, the kind of almost like a carnival atmosphere in London. It's, it's, a, it's a strange one because there were lots of speeches and stuff and big protests in Trafalgar Square. And then that turned when they brought the Coronavirus Act and, in and they extended it. It made these speeches and organized protests illegal, um, you know, fake illegal, but illegal to the point where they were smashing people with 100 um pound fines for attending 10,000 pound fines if you could you know find out who'd organized it or whatever and so people would would be starting to get worried because obviously if I'm stood there with a microphone in my hand I'm banged to rights if I'm stood there moving the the public address system in I'm banged to rights and so they then went for completely unorganized marches where tens of thousands of people hundreds of thousands in the end converge on the center of london everyone stood around and then a firework would go off in the direction everyone would see the firework and they would just start moving in that direction so there was no organization so no one could get in trouble basically um and then when the um they opened more stuff up people were saying look we should get back to doing speeches again we should do speeches we could get people talking and focusing people's minds and attention and stuff rather than just walking and um and so that's what we end up doing a quite a big one in this in Trafalgar Square about a month ago. And then all the complaints were it was more effective when we were marching. Is that why you can't win then? Like, you know what I mean? You can't always be everything to everyone. Um, so I think the one in, in August uh, at the end of this month will be, will be a March again. And I hear lots of people say, but what does it do? It doesn't change government policy. And no, it doesn't. It doesn't change government policy. It focuses government's minds a little bit of hang on. They've got to keep one eye on the protest because, you know, these people have to get elected back in. And if there's a large group or against them, that could be a problem. So they have to try and pander a bit. But these people are right. It doesn't change government policy. But I'll tell you what it does, mate, which is so important, is so many people have lost family members, lost friends to COVID, and obviously not to death or virus or anything like that, but to just being disowned. You know, have you seen, you know, yeah, he's gone weird. He is. He's all anti-vax or whatever, you know, and people get disowned and they lose friends, family, relatives, you know, husbands, wives, whatever. And so they're alone. And so they end up coming to these protests and I talk to them and they're like, you know, what? I'm on my own in my village. Like everyone's all masked up and they're all this and that. And I'm on my own. And now I'm here surrounded by hundreds of thousands of people that are like me. And all of a sudden I don't feel alone anymore. And this is amazing. Amen. And it, you know, and it empowers people. And so then what happens is, those people then go back to their towns and villages invigorated. Um, and so they will then carry on the fight. So it feels to me like these big protests in the, in the capital cities, like they've been doing big ones in Toronto and places like that. They're almost like a battery recharge for, for people, you know, where life gets on top of you. It's hard. There's some mornings you wake up and you're like, I just can't face this nonsense today. But then you'll go to a protest, you're surrounded by these people, the energy's great. And you go home on the train or you drive home, whatever. And you're like, yes, mate, I'm up for the fight here. This is, you know, here we go. And so it serves a great purpose. Um, but it only serves a purpose if you then go back to, you know, if, if you, you go back to South Carolina or North Carolina or wherever you're from and act. How yeah, that's right. You, you, you know, you do at the protest. If you go to a protest, you go, yeah, screw the system, take your mask off, and then you go home and you walk into the local shop, pop your mask on, and, yep. you know, it's a waste of time. Well, it's hypocritical. Uh, 
Well, exactly, yeah. And, and so that's why I think these, these protests are so important because they're bringing lots of people together, people that feel alone, that would maybe even be on the brink of being coerced into doing something because maybe it is me. You know, is it just me? Maybe I am mad. All of a sudden, I know you, you're seriously not mad, mate. You're not. And there's millions of us. And if we all stick together and we look after each other and we network through things like Telegram and, 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 and other means, um, then, you know, we can win. Yeah, well, I think there's a thing there. And, you know, I've often said, and there's been some people that don't like the idea of, you know, resisting the tyranny. We read that, you know, they twist Romans 13 to say, oh, we just got to submit to any authority. I guess they would have submitted to, you know, Pol Pot or Hitler or Mussolini or whoever, which the scripture knows nothing of. And I've given examples, you know, Moses went into the most powerful man of the, of the time, the Pharaoh, and he said, God said, let my people go. And he wasn't asking, he was, he was commanding him. And, uh, you know, Pharaoh was eventually brought to his knees, losing his son, because God was showing he was more powerful than the gods of Egypt. And ultimately, he lost uh, his life and the lives of all the people in his army drowned in the sea. And again, we have that as our, you know, the, the presented seal of the United States, rebellion to tyrants' obedience to God. And it's got the picture of Moses and the, and the armies of Pharaoh drowned in the sea, and Moses and the children of Israel on dry land. So we have that in history. We've got uh, the prophets. All of the prophets throughout the Old Testament are going and they're calling. You know, there's a spiritual message. They've left their God and they've left his law, which, by the way, we had uh, attorney um, Anne DeBoucheré on with uh, uh, Kate Saturday. And that was one of the things she said. You know, the queen is supposed to swear to uphold the laws of God and the true gospel. I was amazed at, you know, her oath of, of office of, you know, being queen. And yet. Boy, all of that stuff has gone aside. People don't want to hear about God. They don't want to hear about His law. They don't want to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, which saves men from sin. They don't want to do any of that. And this is where people go when they forget God. God says in Deuteronomy 28, I'll bring all these curses on you if you don't obey me. But if you obey me, man, I'll bless you so much the blessings overtake you. And I know both England and the United States have been blessed tremendously by God when they honored Him. And when they have moved away from him and they've followed after other gods, boy, God has just continuously brought the curses on us. But we've been blessed so much that it's only about now that we're starting to see, wait a minute, our blessings, as he says, he'll turn those into cursings on us. And so I think that's the thing, that the people have to see that, then they have to act. And again, you made mention of of the hypocrisy. Okay, well, if we're going to go protest and then we're going to go do the very thing that we're protesting, that's not good. And I think some people are, at least here in the States, we see the idea that the people are the king of Romans 13. We, we're the, we're the authority. And sadly, we've not, we've, we've been, um, what's the, what's the word I want to say? Not negligent. Um, although that may be part of the thing we've been apathetic and we've, we've had our mindset changed over the past 170 years or so to where we're, the authority, and we have those who work for us as representatives to that of, well, there are leaders. I mean, people even say it in the chat, and I'm like, no, we don't have leaders here in the States. We have representatives. We're the, we're really the, the, the authority here. But in England, you guys have something that's sort of similar there. I've been learning something about you know how your system of government works there. You have something uh, similar to that, and I think this is what maybe the people are starting to catch on to in their protest is, hey— you guys work for us. We don't work for you. We didn't elect you to lord it over us. We elected you to do a few things, and you've went way beyond that. Am I missing something there? No, exactly. And that, that's, that's something that, 
that I was saying actually when I did the speech about a month ago was that that dynamic in Westminster is is it seems to have been forgotten, but it, they serve us like they serve us, um, not the reverse. Um, and you know, people people are quite strange with submitting to authority or, or, or whatever. It seems odd to me because I'd never have been that sort of way inclined. But but people need to realise that these people work for them, and we pay their wages, and and so. They they represent the you know the, the best interests of the people, and locking down an entire nation and destroying people's ability to feed their families, and taking away their abilities to work and feed their families if they don't take an experimental vaccine, that's not serving our best interests. Um, and so, um, I think these people need to kind of realise how that dynamic works. Yeah, I agree. And you know, there's a, there is a there is a, a lawful submission to authority, but that as long as that authority is under the law, as soon as they break from that and they become tyrannical. I mean, we learned that from our earliest times, the commandment of honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given us, not only in the Old Testament but in the New Testament. And you know, you you and I learned that with our with our fathers. We learned to obey dad. And if we don't obey dad, we're either going to get a spanking or we're probably going to get hurt by not obeying them. So we learn to do that. But it's when the guys go and they start acting unlawfully that we must resist them and not do what they're saying. And I, I'm glad some people are getting a hold of that, that, uh, that concept that the, the representatives are to be held just as much to the law as we are. So um, I appreciate you coming on, Gareth. I, I know you, you guys do a lot of work there. And I want to give you a final word and uh, plug a site or anything that you have there. Well the, well, the main thing we're working on now is the is the right now show. So that's on iconic.com. Um, it's a current affairs show, but it's it's you know completely uncensored. So we'll we'll talk to to anyone and everyone about anything. We've had lots of whistleblowers, and when we have whistleblowers, obviously as as we should, we you know we keep them anonymous if they want to be. You know, people that are working in the care sector and they're still within work, and it would you know fall back on them if 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 it came out what they'd done. So. Um, we get lots of whistleblowers from inside there and even within government departments as well. Um, so the first sort of 20 minutes of each episode is free to air every single Friday. Um, the full episodes are on iconic.com, which is, it's a subscription channel. Uh, it's cheap, you know, it's cheaper than all the other subscription channels, but the, the, the reason why we've made it subscription is so that we don't have anyone to answer to. We don't have to answer to an advertiser. Yeah. Um, and we don't have to answer to a shareholder, which is great because it means then we can produce, the facts, you know, if I get a whistleblower that says, you know, I've got such and such, it's like, yeah, but that's, that's talking about, and they're our biggest sponsor. So we can't talk to you. You know, we don't have any of those problems um, yeah. by having subscription based. So it's, it's just funded by the people that watch it. Great, great. Well, Gareth, what we're going to do, hang on and I'll say goodbye to you after we're off air. But uh, what we're going to do is we'll put a link up for uh, your site where people can check that out. And uh, whoops, music came on a little while there. Uh, we appreciate you joining us this morning, making time for us and coming on. And uh, guys, don't miss Bradley today. He will be here today, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Lord willing, we'll be back with you 6 a.m. tomorrow. See ya.